Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Office ADHD. Today, we have Jason Brown with us. Not only is he part of our adult ADHD tribe, but he is a successful multi-entrepreneur and world traveler. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Jason, just give us an idea. What are some of the companies and things that you've either owned or helped run or been a part of? Um, well, I guess I kind of the first kind of step into business was more in a, a franchise situation. Um, I had a, a few offices in New Zealand where I had um, direct sales teams that would um, go door to door and, and promote products for other people. And that was my first kind of step into the selling world. Um, but then really what happened is in 2016, I started a, a digital marketing agency, which I co-founded with my wife. She's co-founder, co-manager, creative director. She really runs that show, actually, if I'm being honest. But we started that together. And then from there, we started a consulting company where we consult to other high ticket coaches and marketing agency owners about their sales process, helping them recruit salespeople and appointment setters. Um, so those are the two businesses that I still have. Last year, we had an exit from a, a fitness company where we built apps for fitness professionals, but the, the fitness professionals brought a lot of drama with them. So we, we left that business behind. And, <laughs> and now I am. Um, I also now consult to a, a company based out of Austin, Texas called capitalism.com. So I'm sure you're familiar with those guys. But yeah, I've been consulting to those guys since November. So that's kind of what I do. That's amazing. Well, and I think that's so cool that you were able to work with your wife and able to just kind of rely on each other's strengths with that process. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're both. I mean, I, I mean, I've definitely got ADHD, but my wife definitely is on the, the ADHD spectrum of some form as well. So <laughs> it's it can be quite challenging at times when we're both kind of operating off high dopamine or, you know, we're both kind of all over the place with ideas because no one can really help us like focus and take action. But fortunately, um, we normally operate, operate on different wavelengths. So often when I'm going crazy with all of the ideas, she's in the, the background taking notes and, and helping write action steps of how we can actually put these <laughs> ideas into an, a strategy or a plan or we have it vice versa sometimes where she's got the creative juice flowing and someone's in the background taking notes and, and helping you know put in an action plan where we can actually do something with this creativeness. That is neat that you guys have been able to just kind of recognize when each other's on those, you know, those modes so that you can help each other. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we met each other in a backpacker hostel in 2011. And I think since then, we've probably spent every day together. Um, I, I really don't like, I mean, obviously there's been occasions where I've gone away for work or she's gone away for a project or events and we've been apart but like almost every single day for the last 11 years so you really get to start feeling people's energies when you're around them for that long um and so that's kind of the reason why we're able to pick up on each other's cues that's perfect well and with the adhd you guys yeah you notice so many things i love that definitely yeah. marrying your best friend that's amazing yeah and so we would be here all day if you were going to list off every place you've ever been. But can you give us kind of a highlight of your world tour? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of traveling. I mean, obviously meeting your wife while you're traveling, you're kind of, you're, you're finding someone who also has that interest straight away. Um, and I think what happened, we kind of, we moved back to Europe together. In fact, I actually followed her back to Europe. I'm not so sure she was quite 
as excited about the idea in the beginning <laughs> as I was, but um, I ended up back in Brussels where she's from. We spent a, a little bit of time in Belgium and then we, you know, we sort of traveled again. We went to Asia for six months. We did Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, all the islands, We've been to Bali. And you know, so we kind of did all of that area. Um, and we lived in New Zealand for five years. So we, we traveled all over the US. We've been to like 20, over 20 different states and lots of different national parks. Um, but I think the best place we've ever been was actually a small island. Uh, it's on the south of Cambodia and there's a place called Sihanoukville. And, and off, that, um, off that little small beach, there's a, a small island. And when we were there in 2013, the island was powered by a generator. So it was only the beach line that actually had any population. The rest of the island was dense jungle. There was no one else there. Um, and so at, at like 10 o'clock, the generator would go off and they'd light all these fires up all around the island and the whole island would just be lit by fire. Um, and it was just really, really cool because there was no internet connections there. There was no data. There was nothing. You know, you just disappeared for a few days. And I definitely look forward to going back to that place now that I'm even more involved in the digital world um, and being able to switch off for a few days. So I highly recommend uh, Kurong Islands in Cambodia. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, we're definitely putting a link to that on the website when, for this one. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, especially for people with ADHD because there's no distractions on the islands. You can't do anything. You can just watch the waves come in and out and in and out and in and out and that's it. You can go for a swim and then watch the waves come in and out. That's pretty much what you can do. Oh, wow. So, yeah, talk about being able to finally turn your brain off. Like, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's definitely needed from time to time. Um, even now, uh, I mean, when I can't get to an island, I'll still get myself outside for a quick, you know, 10 minute walk or, you know, I'll go downstairs and, you know, just even even if I'm just distracting myself for a little bit of time, um, it, it's it's really good to help kind of balance all of those crazy thoughts that are going on and, and helping you focus on one one core task. That's really true, because I feel like it's really easy to get caught in the the cloud of their you know the just the big cloud of thoughts and not step away it's because usually we say yes to too many things so <laughs> you, usually when we're riding highs of uh, our dopamine levels are high and we're excited and we're we've probably drank too much cola we've got too much sugar caffeine in the system we get really excited by things and we say yes to everything um and so yeah i've been able to kind of take a step back and think okay i don't want to say yes to everything today <laughs> um will we'll help us in the long run for sure how do you decide what you're going to say yes to uh that's been a process i used to say yes to everything that would make me money um <laughs> that's just being honest like i mean i mm -hmm. my background mm -hmm. obviously i i, I didn't I, I grew up with very little um so i think whenever i started earning some kind of what i would consider decent income at the time i kind of got a little bit hungry for it for chasing that, chasing that down. But I think, um, you know, once I realized that the material things are not like, they're not actually helping my big picture vision goal, I realized that it was actually taking me away from things that I genuinely want to do, which was just spend more time with my family, um, you know, hang out with a small group of people rather than having to be friends with everyone. Like being a class clown in school, you, you, you know, you kind of come from a place where everyone is your friend because you entertain everyone in every different class. And as you get into adulthood, that becomes quite exhausting to kind of maintain those relationships. Um, so I think, you know, I started saying yes to things that really fueled my heart, my passion, my soul, like things that I knew that it didn't matter if it was going to be in six weeks from now, 
I would still say yes. Um, and then really I started saying no to almost everything um, in the sense of I'll get back to you, you know, let me get back to you. Um, and just allow myself to have, you know, enough time to process what the request was and trying to, you know, future gauge myself in that position. And would I still be as excited in six months from now, if the, the day was coming up, would I still be as excited for the opportunity? And if I can't feel like I would be so pumped up in six months, then I'll probably just say no. That's amazing. Okay. I love how there's, there's like two huge parts there. I feel like so one, so have you kind of just sat down and figured out this is my actual vision for my life, what I actually want? Yeah, I think that I'm, uh, I, I like to protect my energy very well. Like I, I do, I, I do maximum effort to protect my energy. I like to put positive energy out into the world, but often I feel like when I share that with the wrong people, it's just absorbed and then it's not used, it's discarded. So it's not like they can take that energy, reciprocate it and kind of give me some of their own positive energy in return. So I like to really guard my my positive energy like that's been the decision making process along with anything so if i feel like i'm having a conversation and someone's asking me to do something or requesting something from me and my first initial gut feeling is mm, i don't really want to do that you know and i may not even i may not even say that out loud but that is like that's a cue for me to go let me have a think about it and i'll get back to you you know like if my gut if yeah. the gut feeling just kind of comes in and it's a feeling of I wouldn't do that normally then I'll I'll give myself enough time to think about whether or not I actually want to do it well and I I love that response that you give let me think about it because that gives you time to not have to respond no in the moment not to have to you know you you can delay you delay that uncomfortable moment until you've had a chance to think how to phrase it and what to yeah. do and I also think it works better than saying, let me check my calendar, because then that gives them the anticipation that there's the possibility of the event being books or the, the action happening. And then it puts you under that kind of pressure as well to choose a date for the said event to happen as well. You know, so I often say when I think, let me think about it, it's not a let me look at my calendar and find a space for you, because that creates a scenario where people may think that we're going to do this thing. And I really just want to have a look at my calendar and see if I can avoid it. <laughs> so often, often, often people say, you know, can I, you know, let me take my calendar and it gives the other person the impression that, cool, there will be a space for me. And it kind of puts pressure on me then to kind of fill them into a gap somewhere, because I mean, I'm not going to be busy for months, you know, like there's going to be a gap in my calendar somewhere for this event or this action to take place. And as long as it's within the time frame they're, um, they're okay with, then they're still going to expect me to do said action. And, I don't want to do it. So instead I just said, let me think about it. And then I come back and say, Hey, look, it's not for me right now. I'm not in a place where I can actually invest emotional energy into a project like this or whatever that might look like uh, at mm -hmm. the time. But I usually don't tell people, let me check my calendar because it leads to, okay, what dates have you got free? That's perfect. I love that. Cause I never know what to say. Well, you know, half the time I never know what to say in the moment. And so that gives you time. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I think it comes from like, I mean, you're allowed to think about stuff, you know, you're allowed to think <laughs> about whether or not you want to do these things. And so I think, you know, whenever you're so comfortable with saying yes to everything, cause you've had ADHD your entire life, it's really a struggle to start saying no to stuff because you also have fear of missing out. Um, oh, yes. what if it is a really cool thing. And what if I miss it? And, yeah, but so what, you know, mm -hmm. in five, in five years from now, you'll still have ADHD. So you'll have a thousand million new thoughts that have made <laughs> you forget about the fact that you didn't do that one thing five years ago. 
That is so true. And that actually reminds me of the other half that I was going to try and unpack with you too. So I love that idea of saying, do I still want to do this when it happens? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always try and imagine because I have a six month plan, you know, like I, I know where the, the business is at at the moment. I know what the goals are there. I know what the strategies are for growing the company. So I can kind of already envision where the businesses will be at in six months. And then that allows me to kind of visualize where I would be at and what kind of position I want to be in. And, you know, I, I, I don't like to work a lot of hours during the day anymore. I can't do it anyway. Um, I, I used to be thinking that working 10 or 12 hours a day was the key to success, but I can only focus for four of those hours. So yeah. it really didn't make any sense to be like working 12 hours a day. It was just doing things for the sake of doing things. Um, and so once I kind of, you know, realized that I can get into like a real zone of genius or a real creative flow for four hours or two or two, three or four hour work blocks. Um, I just started splitting things up into blocks and I would just work in, in blocks rather than I start work at eight. I finish at five. Um, I'll just say like, I have a, a work block from eight till 10. Then I'm going to have another work block from 1130 to 1215. Then I have another work block and it's a work block. So my brain automatically starts to consider while we're working here, stop getting distracted by, football the tv watching golf playing golf um, <laughs> you know all those things that you want to be doing like this is a work block and it's really easily color coded in my calendar it's red i can see that it's a work block so i know exactly that, that it's the color part like the green is my free space that's normally where i'm playing golf so i use colors <laughs> to kind of visually represent like where i'm going to be and it helps me be really focused in that moment that's Okay, that's great. So I love that you're using our natural talent for visualization to be able to visualize how you're going to feel at different times. And then I have to know, like, how long did it take you to train your brain to know, okay, it's going to be all right, I am going to give you a break. So it's okay to focus for this work block. Uh, it's a 17 year journey and ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It never stops. It never stops. I mean, obviously, as, you're, as, you, as you begin to grow, you start to gain interest in new things, and then you have to determine whether or not those new things are a distraction or they're actually something that you'd be excited by. So it's, you know, I, I've got a garage full of hobby toys that I've bought that never used. Um, you know, it doesn't change. Like, the person that you are, it, it doesn't change. You can manage it a little bit better. I think, I think the idea is that it depends on what you're looking to do. You know, I mean... I know I have two companies and, and I consult and I'm busy with work and that kind of keeps me distracted, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, there's been months where I've just kind of just closed all, a lot of the business down and, and we've come off a couple of projects and instead of like recruiting and bringing on new projects, we've kind of just gone into like a, a three month break. Like I just got back from a five week trip across the US, which was amazing. Um, yeah, you know, I traveled with a three year old. So if I, if, if, I, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Like we, and we traveled, we, we flew into the East Coast. We were on the West Coast for a few weeks while we were there. We were in the middle of the country. So we we've been through, the, through four different time zones in five weeks. And we did it with a, a three-year-old, but we did it because we, we had planned it. You know, we knew that we were going to do it. But also, we, when I say planned it, I should actually emphasize, I don't plan anything that's like two weeks or further up. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I, so this five-week trip was an idea. And it became a plan in 24 hours. So that's how I do things. Like I have the idea of going on a five-week trip. And then in 24 hours, I'll book everything. I'll book the flights to America. I'll book the hotels for the first couple of weeks. I'll book the internal flights. I'll do everything in one 
block. So it's the same thing as how I do with work. I block it out and go, I'm gonna book an entire trip in three hours. And, and, and I'll book the entire trip in three hours. That's great. Well, I love that because yeah, scheduling, I don't know why our brains hate scheduling, but they do. And so that's great. And then let's talk more about this whole international travel thing because that's scary for some of us that naturally aren't organized to think, oh, I'm going to be going to another country. What are some of your, like, how do you stay organized? What are your tips and tricks for people that are traveling internationally? Okay, so recently I actually learned a new life hack for myself. Um, do you know that, I don't know if you call them that in, in the US, but they're, they're called bum bags here. They're like little zipper bags. They normally wear them around their waist. Oh, yeah, yeah, fanny packs. Bum bags, fanny packs, yeah, yeah, fanny packs, right. So having a fanny pack, but not having it around your waist and up around your shoulder has been the, the most rewarding feeling in the world for me. Because normally what I get anxious over the most uh, and distracted by is where's my phone and where's my wallet or where's my car keys. And I'm always like <laughs> tapping my pockets to try and find these things. And then I find it and I'm like, Whew, oh, they're there. It's cool. I can breathe. It's fine. It's not a problem. Um, but with, when I got the, the little bag, when I travel now, honestly, I mean, there's always going to be unforeseen events when you travel. Delays, cancels, long queues, line security, not TSA being super slow, whatever. Like There's always going to be so much things that you can't control. And I often think that by trying to control all of your trip and then have those situations be uncontrollable, that creates even more of a tizzy for me in my mind because I'm like, I planned this whole thing. It's been all perfect. I did everything right. And now the security guard's ruining it for me. So like being in a situation where there's too many things that I can't control gives me more anxiety. Uh, and so the, the tip that I have is that if you have your wallet and you have your phone and you have your passports and you have those things close to you, so like in your little fanny pack, but up on your heart, like it's just tapping your chest to feel the weight of the bag. It's like it's all in there. And, and, and knowing that is kind of like reassuring because it's like, it's, I'm, I can tell my own heart and it's like, I'm giving myself a little tiny hug, but it's like, there it is. It's all there, you know? And it's like, it's very quickly reassuring that, you know, I don't have to feel anxious. I've got a passport, I've got a phone, I've got a wallet. Worst case scenario, I can call someone, pay for someone, or I can fly home, you know? So yeah, that kind of helps. And then the rest of the things I just, I really treat the world as we'll see how it comes. And I try and project a positive um, outlook to the world. And therefore I often create a positive reality in return. I love that. Okay, so first, okay, so I love the idea of giving yourself, like, because, yeah, okay, so now I understand. So it's kind of like you have it kind of across your chest so that then you can just, like said, pat your heart. And besides, that seems like, because I know I always hear about people trying to do things to stop pickpocketing, but if it's right in front of you, then yeah. yeah. You can't pickpocket it yet, right? You can see it in your peripheral vision all the time. You're constantly being reassured that it's all there. And it's one of the things that we worry about most while we're being on holidays is losing our phone or our wallets. So <gasps> That's amazing. And they have some really cool looking ones now too. Okay. And so you have they it do. right there, giving yourself that hug. And then I love that idea of just projecting everything's going to be okay because as long as I have these things, I can get where I need to go. I can do the things that need to be done. It's yeah, fine. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of our, our stress, especially when we have ADHD, because we've got so many different ideas formulating our brains at any, any given moment. And if we start to feel stressed or worried about those things, then we project that energy out there and we often will start exploring and finding those things that we are trying to avoid. Um, yeah. So instead, I just kind of, I have the reassurance 
with the family pack that everything that's extremely important, as long as my dog, I mean, obviously I need to look around and find out my daughter's still there too. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But, I mean, yes. she's, such, she's such an amazing traveler because she's kind of been traveling with us and she's so used to the process and, and she's always walking two steps in front of us. And, you know, so that part's all taken care of. Like we've, we've built her in the, the, the best version of being our little travel buddy possible, you know? Um, so I think that's been a, been a bigger thing for us. Um, yeah, I think just that reassurance that, you know, the most important things are right here. Um, and I, I mean, that's all being very close. Like my wife has a fanny pack too. We're all kind of in a little bubble. We're really close together. So everything is there. Everything we need is in a wee bubble. And it doesn't matter if there's 10,000 people at the airport or 30,000 security guards or a hundred million plane. It doesn't matter because we can kind of keep ourselves in this little bubble. And that kind of like bounces through the airport really, really quickly. <laughs> I love that. Well, and like you said, that keeps you all together, keeps you ready to find anything. Oh, perfect. Okay. You know, I just personally, while you were talking, like that just relieved half of my anxiety, even picturing being in an international airport. So, oh, wow. That That's great. great. That's <laughs> yeah, great. That was perfect. I was just like, oh, okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, awesome. And now I keep I keep an outline in front of me because I will obviously go everywhere. That's why I love interviewing people with ADHD because we go everywhere together. That's um, what we do. <laughs> um, let me ask you. So, how do you? We talked about how yes, we love our hobbies and our projects, and you've got you know all of these different moving parts with different businesses and things. What are, what's some of your advice for how do you keep some of your to do list going? What's your plan there? Uh, well, if you have a to-do list that looks like my to-do list, it normally starts with the words to do with a line that goes underneath it. And then I start with number one, then number two, number three, number four, number five, and it could be number 36 before I get finished. Um, <laughs> so normally my to-do lists look like that. Um, what I learned from uh, an event, I was in a, a marketing event in Hawaii in 2016, and I met a guy who owns an agency in um, Santa Monica in California. Um, and he told me that whenever we write out lists like that and we have numbers, um, you know, if you've got seven numbers on that list, six of those things can go pretty quickly. So normally what I'll do is I'll write out the list numbered one to seven or one to 10 or whatever the numbers are. And then I'll go to the other side of what the task is and then I'll renumber them in importance. And I'll write down what I think is the, the list of importance in num numerical order. And then everything that happens after, from two onwards, I just put a box around it and I forget about it uh, and I focus on number one um, and if I look at number one and I think oh well you know number one is 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 really important but is it urgent uh, and it's not urgent then I'll readdress the list and then what I want to know is that from the numbers when they're in sequential order of importance I want to put them in order of an urgency or non-urgency um, and then I reshuffle the list again so that I'm prioritizing the things that are somewhat important but getting rid of the urgent tasks as quick as possible oh okay i love that okay so first you're like okay i've let myself make this list obviously i'm not gonna get all 30 things done today so yeah. what's most important and then what actually has a due date that needs that's coming up <laughs> yeah so i kind of filter first on on importance and then i refilter that same list then on urgency because the ones that are most urgent are often not, you know, 
they're normally like I have to pay it. That's not extremely important, but and it gets urgent that it gets done. Um, yeah. We often overlook them, and then those are the ones that when we get to deadline day, give us the most anxiety. Yeah, it's like oh shoot, I forgot that. Yeah, all of a, <laughs> all of a sudden it becomes very 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 important, and then it's too too late to actually you know put the time and effort that that, that task requires. Oh, okay, I love that. Okay, so then. Yeah, go ahead and make sure you're taking care of this. So you don't have to worry about it. That's it. And yeah. then normally what happens is I'll take that project and then I, I have the name of that project on another page and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh my God, that's going to take me 10 hours. And so I keep looking at that page. And before in the past, I would keep looking at that page until I stopped looking at that page, closed the notepad and said, I'll come back to it later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because <laughs> I just look, I, I see it as too big of a project or too big of a task. So I try and break it down then into chunks that are maybe 30 minute work chunks or one hour work chunks. And I'll say, like, this is going to take me seven hours, but I'm going to do it in 30 minute chunks over the next 14 days. And I just commit to 30 minutes over the next 14 days. Then it's not a big task. It's not a seven hour project. There's no deadline in place. I just have to commit for 30 days, after 30 minutes out of a 24 hour period. Um, for the next 14 days and the task will be done. It's really micro manageable actions. And so I should never feel overwhelmed or stressed or stressed. So I normally be able to knock it out in, in the timeline. So if I if I have a project and it's you know it's the 20th of May now and I know that it's going to be have, have to be due in 10 days, I'm going to break it down into 10 days and then I'm going to break it into two chunks per day. Because I don't really want to be focusing on one thing for a whole day either because I'll start to deviate from the thought process i'll start to get distracted by ideas i'll add things into it that i shouldn't probably add into it or i'll not add things into it because i'm getting distracted by something else so i often break it down into 10 days and then bring each day into two chunks and i know then that in each day i have a task to complete that's super manageable i've given myself more time than i need to to complete it but not so much time that i become overwhelming and keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back that's amazing. Okay, because, yeah, I love because I know people talk about breaking things into smaller tasks, but that's a very specific way to do it is to say, I need it to the task to take, you know, 30 minutes or less or, you know, whatever time frame you want or less, whatever time frame you know you can focus and you know you're going to actually hit that task and do it. Oh, and then you can even say, okay, well, this one has to be done faster. I'll do two sets of 30 minutes in these days. That's exactly. I love that. Yeah, because normally what happens is we'll get chunked into like a four or five hour work project and we just get distracted, which is why we have so many unfinished projects. We've yeah. got so many things that we've started that we've never finished because we try to tackle it as one big project in one day on a Friday because we were supposed to do it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, but we kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then it came to Friday and we've got we've got to get it finished now because now we have a deadline. But really what we finish in the project that we hand out to the world is not our best work because it's filled with real hyper focus in the beginning and then exhaustion towards the end. Well, and I love the idea, too, of being able to say to yourself after you just do that 30 minutes, I'm accomplished today. I've, I've done something. I can pat myself on the back. That's it. And again, often, you know, I'll find that there's a periods of time where I give myself a 30 minute chunk and I, I lift up my eyes again and it's been 45 minutes or it's been an hour, or it's been longer. Um, and I haven't been distracted because my, my focus is it's only going to be 30 minutes. 
So I don't even really think about the time that I'm investing in it at that point. So I, I again, I get less distracted because I, my, I tell my brain we can become very focused here because it's only 30 minutes. But my brain doesn't know that we've been sat there for an hour sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, as long as you got the focus going, you may as well just finish out that task. But you can always stop because you know you've done what you needed to do for that day. <gasps> That's it. That's beautiful. I love that. And so, okay, I just, I love your tips. These are amazing. Uh, are there, before I ask your last question, I just wanted to know if there's any other tips you want to share with us, just because you have so many good ones. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I think, like, I mean, I, I, tips, like, I, I mean, there's lots of hacks and stuff there to handle and deal with ADHD. I think the beauty of, of ADHD, though, I think that can help a lot more people than giving you a tip on how to deal with it is, I would rather share that you should just accept it as a part of who you are and that's the easiest way to handle it i mean a lot of the time i would just fight these distractions and i'm not medicated by any kind of medication. i love it i'm happy with adhd i used to think it was a hindrance and a distraction because all the way through school i was told you know you're a class clown you need to calm down you're distracting everyone and really i was just bored with the information i was receiving you know like i'd already interpreted understood it i was like okay i get it now next lesson but I was just bored, so I got a lot, a lot of distractions as a result of that. Um, but as I grew up and I started to start my own companies, my own businesses, like there's a lot of the visionaries and, and CEOs of the companies that I've supported and work with also have ADHD. And the reason why is because they can have a thousand different ideas flying through their mind and they can pick the best idea out of thin air if they really start to focus on it, if they really start to appreciate it for what it is. Uh, other people can become very focused with ADHD. They go, okay, that's the project. That's what we're working on. And they go, okay. And they go down a very linear route where people with ADHD, they take side tracks and they go on adventures and they go up mountains down this project and they play in valleys and they go for swims and they're all over the place. But <laughs> the end project, as long as they can bring, bring back everything that they've explored and seen and found, the end project is a lot, a lot more beautiful, I think. So I would just tell people that who are listening that if they do have ADHD and they're trying to figure out ways how they can control it, like don't try and control it to the sense where you're trying to get rid of it because it's often a superpower for me. I get to see things in situations that other people don't see because I've played 15 different scenarios out in my head before they've played one scenario out in theirs. And so I, I see it as a strength, not a weakness. And the longer that, that I kind of focus back on my, my high school education and stuff like that and and, and seeing it as a hindrance to the teacher because I was distracting his process. I wasn't the hindrance. It wasn't me that was the problem. It was the distraction to his lesson that was the problem. Um, and now when I'm an adult and I look at the, like the businesses I run and the clients I work with and the problems that they bring to me, um, ADHD allows me to play out 15 different scenarios, like I said, for that client and say, what about this perspective and that perspective and that perspective and that perspective? And I don't think I could do that if I was really focused and didn't have ADHD. So. I wouldn't give people tips to try and hide it or curb it or control it. Um, I would like to finish the podcast with just a, a share to and love and embrace it. And it's exciting, man, because our brains are awesome. And when we really start to get inside our head and, and listen to the thoughts that we're having and engage with, I mean, don't start talking to yourself because people will think you're crazy. Um, but like <laughs> when, you, when you really engage with the thoughts that you're having inside your head, often they're wonderful creative concepts and ideas that other people are just not having and i think that's beautiful because how else do they walk around this world do they walk around the world with pure silence in their head like that that sounds even more boring so i'm i'm quite happy to go the adhd route where 
everything, everything, walking with my wife and I see a tree and I'm like, Ooh, look, a leaf, you know, like, why is that important at 36 years old? I don't know, but that leaf looks cool and I'm connecting with nature and I'm picking it up and I'm feeling it and I'm being there and I'm being present all the time versus just being switched off and not connected with what's going on all the time. I like being, basically I like being plugged in all the time. And if you have ADHD, I hope that you enjoy being plugged in all the time too. I love that. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. And yeah, perfectly said. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Not a problem. Absolutely no problem at all. You can have me back anytime at all. And thank you everyone out there for listening. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and to have an amazing day. Thanks so much for listening. To learn more about anything we talked about today, head over to officeadhd.com. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.